marriage. Marriage is what brings us together today. Three Films and a Podcast has no claim of ownership on any film footage used in this episode. All film footage is owned in its entirety by the copyright holders and is used solely with the intent of film criticism, commentary, and education under fair use law. And just like every car in Too Fast, Too Furious, this podcast contains spoilers. Enjoy. All right, welcome back to Three Films and a Little Podcast. Uh, Little Podcast being the episodes... um, that are more of a spinoff to our regular canon, um, I guess you could say. Um, typically, we cover watch parties. Uh, we do round recaps of movies that we've watched previously. Uh, tonight, we have the privilege of recapping our watch party from this last weekend, um, our rom-com tournament watch party. And the winner of that was Princess Bride. Indeed. Somewhat surprisingly for me, I, I didn't expect that to take it, but so I was surprised as well. Um, seemingly Tyler was the only one who was not surprised. We'll, we'll get into that in a second. I rigged um, but first <laughs> I wanted to talk about the watch party. Um, if you haven't done it with us, uh, you're missing out. The whole purpose of this podcast, we exist uh, because we've wanted to sort of form a movie club community. And so we do these watch parties once a month. Um, we we let the people choose. So on our Instagram, we do a tournament uh, where the people get to vote and they get to vote which, which movie we watch for that month. And it's a ton of fun. Um, and it's really, it's for everybody. Um, if, you're, if you're a wallflower who doesn't like to get out and dance, you can just watch quietly and enjoy. <laughs> sometimes there's trivia in the chat. Sometimes there's just odd facts or conversation that are just like fun to follow along with. Or if you're a class clown and you want to get in there and uh, tell some jokes the entire movie um, without letting anybody else speak, you can do that as well. Something you can do. I, I always like the impromptu Rushmores that we come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Like during Home Alone, like what's Joe Pesci's Rushmore? That's, those are always fun to do. For sure. Yeah. I mean, just the, the chat on the side, like we've talked about it before, but the movies sort of act as a prompt for discussion. Um, so it works really well for movies that you've seen before. Movies that you haven't seen, it might be kind of a struggle if you're like me, where I like to pay attention <laughs> the first time. But even still, you know, it's so much fun and, and everyone uh, participates and we get interesting people in there sharing perspectives and stuff. So it's really it's really cool. It's super fun. And I mean, before we move on, I just want to give a shout out to Justin, who's been there since day one. He's yeah. at every single watch party. And I'm just like. It feels like when he shows up in the chat, it's like, okay, cool, we can start. Yeah. Like Justin's here. Uh, yep. It's exactly. just like this honorary fourth member, and <laughs> I, I love it. So just want to say thanks to Justin for all your support this whole time. And yeah, I just I love having you at the watch party and just being Cheers, involved. Justin. Yeah, and participating. Love having you in the chat. It's great. Mm-hmm. But yeah, as as we alluded, Princess Bride was the winner. Um, and only one of us chose that as their uh as the choice that what they predicted that it would be the winner here. And so I want to turn the time over to Tyler to walk us through what, what happened here? What happened here? (laughs) Um, Well, before I get into that, you you made me realize something that I'm truly enjoying about uh, doing this podcast because, you know, we started doing this because we had our own little three person club and we would text about movies and stuff after we watched them. And we were having a great time doing it. And we decided to do the podcast to, to expand that to, you know, the, the broader world around us. And something that that's sort of forced us to do 
and and it, it was like starting to bum me out for a little while was it was like informing the decisions we were making about the movies we were watching but i actually have come to enjoy it because i do feel s- some pressure in like picking movies that i think a broader audience will will like or gravitate to mm-hmm. will have a little bit more broad appeal and so i kind of i'm actually starting to like having to think about that and and the direction it's sort of pushed uh the choices we've made and it's made us like choose some really cool stuff. And, you know, those, the rounds we have coming up with, you know, Spielberg and Kubrick and whatnot, um, you know, those are, those are not directors that I would avoid, but I don't know that I would have picked those as, as topics for the rounds or criteria yeah. because mm-hmm. it's it, like, for me, I was trying to like, <clears throat> I was trying to be super cute with the movies I picked. I was like, I want to pick <laughs> stuff that's like, I never would have picked before. But now it's sort of it's sort of making me pick things that I should pick in a weird way. You know what I mean? So that's just something yeah. I wanted to recognize and put out there. Uh, and and that direction and those choices wouldn't be made without uh, the community around us and and us wanting to put something out there that that you as a listener or a watcher would want to interact with. So um, I don't know. It's something I've come to really appreciate about the podcast and. Uh, I just wanted to acknowledge that before I jump into my prompt from Matt, which was, uh, why did I think the Princess Bride was going to win? And I'm actually really surprised to hear that uh, it was sort of a a shocker for you guys. I mean, all three of us nominated it, you know? Yeah. It got arguable. It was like top two or three amount of votes from, you know, our patrons and the movie club and whatnot. So, I mean, and for me, I th- I think it won because when we, even in the movie itself, when, when uh, the grandpa's is uh, reading the story to Nick Miller, young Nick Miller, which <laughs> you cannot convince me this was not Nick Miller's origin story. <laughs> the grandpa looks like Nick Miller's dad and he's a Bears fan in Chicago. My name is Nicholas Miller. I'm an American from Chicago. Uh, that's hmm. my own little soapbox that I think I only really enjoy, but that's, that's Tyler's <laughs> fan fiction right there. <laughs> it's, I don't even think it's fan fiction. I think it's canon. Rob Reiner, <laughs> Rob Reiner is in new girl. He directed the princess bride there. There's too much synchronicity. Um, yeah. Anyways, but you know, when he starts telling the story and, and, uh, I can't even know, I don't even know the little kid's name. Um, he, he asks, is this a, is this a kissing book? You know, and, and I think when I saw this, I was the same age as Fred Savage, who, according to IMDb, is credited as the grandson. So he doesn't have a name. Um, well, I think we all kind of felt the same way. I think this is the first movie the the first like kissing movie <clears throat> that I truly liked or could appreciate as a child. It was the first one that can touch on those themes of of true love and of bravery and of adventure and also appeal to the child in all of us. And I think that's why it's so popular. I think it's why it won because we, when I say we, I really mean I, but I think I do speak for (laughs) most people connected to it at a time in their life where it's, it's just like, it's got a, it's, it holds a special place in your heart. You know, if, if you've seen it and if you grew up with it now, having said all that, my partner, Alex, she's never seen it. This was her first time seeing it. Um, 
And she kind of avoided it for all those reasons. Like it was one of those things where everyone's telling you that you've got to watch this and you're going to love it. It's the best. It's the best. And it's sort of, I do this too. I kind of, you know, shy away from those sorts of things. I mm-hmm. avoided watching game of Thrones forever. Cause I just was like, didn't want to be part of the, the hype machine, you know? Yeah. And, and, and she just liked it. She was like, yeah, it's fine because she didn't have that connection, which I think uh, furthers my theory that it's just, for the people that grew up with it and connected with it, it really, really connected. And it's just something that's, you know, it's like a, it's a, it's a, it's a cup of hot chocolate, you know, it's warm, it's, it's fuzzy and it's, and it's fun. Yeah. It's it's a great movie. I think I, I didn't think you would win because I mean, this is foolish logic considering what's won before. But it's like, well, it's more of like a family version of a rom-com. Like I, I feel like one of these other classic rom-coms is going to take it, but I also think that's why it won. And I think that's why it's like such the classic, like special movie that it is because it covers so many genres. Like it is a comedy. There is the romantic side to it. There is also like the real world with like Fred Savage and Peter Falk. So it's also like a period piece of sorts because they're telling the story, which is a fantasy. Like it covers so many things. And because of that, it like, it's the, broad appeal is just it's for the whole family and so i think it makes sense like why you you can see it when you're younger and i hadn't really thought about it but i agree with you tyler i think this was the first one where i was like oh this is like a love story thing i'm like but there's still like funny stuff going on you know that guy's super tall and big so that's cool yeah there's you know, sword fights like and stuff. stuff yeah it's like that's the guy from wonder years and Columbo. i know those things you know <laughs> so it's like i think it's just like there there's just like so many good elements that it's not spread too thin you know it's not like oh it's not really hanging enough on the comedy or the the romance really isn't there like everything is there and it's like it just like the synchronicity like you said it's like it's just perfect everything works together wonderfully like billy crystal cameo you just get all this stuff that either your grandparents or you as the grandkid can like and appreciate and i think that's just why it's it stood the test of time and probably why it just it, it won you know i, I wasn't thinking about it that way but i think it's probably why it just it it ran away at that final vote yeah uh i feel like uh part of being okay with like the kissing and like the romance in it i think like like wisely rob reiner had the fred savage character portray that role in a way where like you are the kid in the scenario Mm -hmm. and your grandpa is making you okay with the story so along with fred savage like oh he's okay with it i'm okay with it sort of thing yeah yeah and it's like it, it puts you in on the joke right it's like this meta thing where you, when you're a kid you're thinking that but then when the kid in the movie brings it up and it, the movie makes it okay like the kid in the movie shows that it's okay then you can like buy in i yeah. think it's a pretty oh, cool okay. trick. yeah yeah like okay yeah, well exactly. that makes sense and yeah no it's fine you know very manipulative yeah sure <laughs> <laughs> um but also like I think the reason I didn't think it was going to win was because I, I'm thinking of all the people that I know personally that like participated in the votes. And I don't know anyone who would have chosen Princess Bride over like one of these classic rom-coms that like maybe we would have thought would have won. Um, so maybe I, I need to go back, but maybe Princess Bride had an easy schedule, you know, maybe we didn't yeah. look at, we didn't look at that, <laughs> but it, it was surprising to me that like of the two, uh, of the Billy Crystal and Tom Hanks movie that could have made it to the finals, that it was <laughs> yeah. Princess Bride and Big. Well, uh, and I think that's really also what surprised me is I I think probably in my heart I thought 
my best friend's wedding is going to win. Mm. And it tied 50-50 exactly with Big. And almost all of our patrons voted for Big. And so we moved that one on to the final. I'm curious if it had been that traditional rom-com versus Princess Bride, if that would have been mm. a closer fight because Princess Bride just ran away with it. It was like 87 yeah. to 13%. Like it was, it, there was no chance Big was going to win. But I wonder if we had a more traditional Julia Roberts rom-com there in that slot, if it would have been more of a fight. But it was surprising to see. And that's what happens all the time. <laughs> These things like, I didn't think that was going to win. I don't know why Moneyball's in the final, but it is. You know, <laughs> yeah, and, I think that stuff's cool. And something else I just thought of right now is, and we sort of talked about this when we did the bracket and we're going over the nominations and stuff. And, and like the princess bride is arguably not even a rom-com, you know, it's more of a fairy tale. It's more of a, an adventure movie. It's more of a, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's like a, a, a revenge film, you know, it's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it it's, checks a ton of boxes. Yeah. You could argue that it's not even strictly a rom-com and, you know, rom-coms can be pretty divisive. Like some people just straight up don't like them. And so maybe the princess bride just casts a wider net and appeals more approachable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That, that probably has a lot to do with it too, because I even thought that nominating it, I'm like, I don't know. It's on this list on the internet that says it's a rom-com. That's good enough for me, but Mm -hmm. you could make the argument that it's not a true rom-com. So I, you know, who knows, but, uh, for my money, I'm glad it won. I had a blast and it was cool to let Alex see it for the first time and share yeah. it with everyone in the watch party. So. so Ben spoke to this a little bit when when he's kind of breaking down why this was maybe chosen. Um, and I've literally only I've only known two people who were just OK with Princess Bride. I feel like most people, it's like a classic. It's a mm-hmm. staple. And I certainly don't watch it uh religiously i don't watch it like every year or anything like it, i i take my time away from it um but it, it it does have like that place in my i guess uh viewed filmography of like movies that like for whatever reason have like a special place i i think it was the first dvd that i ever watched like the first <laughs> oh. dvd that i put in a dvd player nice and watched. so i'll always remember it for that um but ben what what about Princess Bride um, is special and why do you think it is beloved by all? I mean, again, I think we've kind of hit on it, but it's just how much that it covers. Like it's got something for everyone. It is that weird, not, I don't know if weird is the right word, but it's just like, it's that unique movie where any demographic that you have in the living room with you watching this will have something to attach to. And I think that's just like, that's pretty rare, you know, to have something like that. Like, we talked about one of our favorite movies of last year is marriage story, but like anybody under the age of like 15 at best is like, they're out. You know what I mean? <laughs> like this is boring. This is just a lot of talking, whatever. But I think when you have like young kids, I mean, you could probably speak to this more map, but there is that fantasy element. And even like, again, for me, it's just like, man, that dude is huge. Like, who is that guy? <laughs> you know, like, and it's just something as simple as that, you know? And I, I don't know. I, that, it's a simple answer, but I just feel like it for me, that is the answer. It's just anybody that watches it will have something to enjoy about it. And so when you, when you make a movie that everybody can connect to it, I feel like it has a great chance of just becoming a classic and being such a special movie. I feel like one thing that makes it uh, particularly special. And this is one of those, I think this is one of those circumstances where you can't really like, I don't think a writer can plan this and Rob Reiner Mm -hmm. can't plan this, but like, it's got to be one of the more quoted movies of all time. Like yeah. it's got some of the most quotable 
characters and scenes and stuff like there's just iconic scene after iconic scene in the movie. And if you hadn't seen Princess Bride, chances are you'd been introduced to some part of it in pop culture in some way. And you'd yeah. be shocked to find that, like, this is the source, you know, yeah. of, exactly. of these jokes. I mean, we just recently went and we watched um, Casablanca. We kind of had that same thing where it's just like, man, so many one-liners, like classic one-liners are from this movie. And you don't necessarily think about that, you know, before you watch it. But as it happens, like, oh, that's what this is from. You know, you're right. I think Princess Bride has that. Like, you may have never seen it, but you've probably heard the name Inigo Montoya at some mm-hmm. point. You know, like, you know that stuff or the As You Wish or my personal favorite is always have fun storming the castle. Like, <laughs> that's my, my favorite line from the whole movie. Like, I don't know how, like, notorious it is, but I just, I love that line. It's like a send off to somebody. Like, bye-bye, boys. Have fun storming the castle. Think it'll work? It would take a miracle. Bye-bye. It's funny. And there's, yeah, there's so much humor in this. It just sticks. Hey, whether you've seen the movie or not, I would, you'd be hard pressed, I, I'd imagine, to find someone that hasn't heard the Inigo Montoya speech mm-hmm. you know hello my name is Inigo Montoya you killed my father prepare to die you're right it is incredibly quotable and we didn't plan on talking about this but I feel like you know this this movie had such incredible source material in the book I don't know if you guys ever read the book um, mm-hmm. it's it, it's one of those things like this is uh, one of the, the, the rare examples of, uh, you know, books and movies are always different. And typically the line is, you know, the book's better. Yeah. And you could make the argument for this, but this is one of the, the few examples where the movie truly does capture the spirit and tone of the book. And mm-hmm. the book has more stuff in it. Uh, you know, I was like I was telling Alex the scene where Anigo fights the six fingered man. Uh, it, it's like it has this whole beautiful, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, I don't know, prose or whatever you want to call it. it the writing's really beautiful around him wrestling with like, well, now like he's fulfilled his revenge oh, and, yeah. and how now he's like now he has nothing. And it's like it's like a big moment in the book like that fight and, and, and an ego story. It goes way more into it and you feel like way more attached to to uh, an ego. And you know, in the movie, it still works. And this is a really mm-hmm. rare example to me of like, the book is great. The movie is great. They're different, but you can love both of them. And they're both, the, the movie does represent the book really well. So, I mean, I, I, when you, like, when you say they can't, they can't plan this, um, you know, with the quotability and the one-liners, I mean, they, they, they kind of did, <laughs> you know what I mean? It was, they yeah. had, they had really good source material. It's sort of like, uh, you know, Game of Thrones was great until they ran out of source material. You know, it's just there's some sure. there's some people that are just special that can just put together a story. And uh, luckily for us, we got, uh, you know, that great material, the great source and then the great adaptation of it, because probably the thing they did the best in this movie is just picking the tone and sticking with it and just cr- like picking, picking the world you're going to live in and just and having the confidence to live in that world, you know. It's not something we see a lot. Like, you know, it's two different, completely world, two completely different worlds. But like Blade, we that was our biggest complaint, right? Like, I just mm-hmm. re-listened to that episode uh, since we posted it, and uh, that's one thing we talk about a lot: is they can't pick a lane. Well, the Princess Bride, granted, it knew <laughs> it knew what lane it was going to be in, but it stayed right in it, and it was, and we're all better for it. 
So, so just clarifying your take, Ty, you're saying that the author, when he penned Inigo Montoya's line, he knew <laughs> right then that it would be quoted for the end till the end of time. <laughs> he knew for sure that it was a quotable <laughs> line. I mean, the line in the movie pops up a bit, quite a bit. Um, and in the book, it, it, it does, it does even more so from what I remember, I haven't read it in a long time, but, uh, like I just remember Inigo's story being, uh, a lot deeper and richer. And I, I could be full of shit. I haven't read the book in 20 years. So, but that's <laughs> no, just, I mean, that's I, just I think that's I a classic as well. And I, and I do that's think, great. I do think, you know, the author knew like that he was putting, I mean, I feel like if you're a writer, you know, a one-liner when you come across it, you know? And, yeah. and, and, and that, that, that line and that, uh, that line is very important to an ego for a bunch of, for both for like his quotability and his attachment to, from a viewer standpoint to the character, but also to his actual character and his story. So, uh, I don't know if he knew it would be that, uh, uh, ubiquitous, but I, I do a, think a lot of writers who wrote one-liners <laughs> are shaking their fist at you because <laughs> theirs aren't well known. <laughs> There's a lot of good one-liners out there. <laughs> Your time will come. If you're listening, <laughs> like and subscribe. Like Your subscribe. time will come. Yeah. Well, I, I think you're right. I think the biggest thing about it is that it's like, from what you're saying, like it's stay true to the tone. And that's the biggest issue, I believe, with adaptations. Um, you know, I think the only, only time that I feel like the movie is as good or better than the book is fight club. And mm. a large part mm. of that is because the author said so, you know, it's like, no, the movie's better. Like they, they did it, you know, exactly. I just, for me, that's one of my most frustrating things to hear. It's like, well, you know, the book's better. It's like, yeah, no shit, man. You have like <laughs> 400 pages to give people like in like this internal dialogue, way more room like, you to know. work with. Yeah. You can like express emotions for pages and in a movie, you have two hours. Like the reason Game of Thrones works so well is because like you did a hundred hours. You know, you had like you had all this time to tell these stories, which was good. And it's so hard to adapt, you know, a book into a movie and make it good. That's like there's always that argument, and it's almost always true. The book is just better because it's given the room to tell the deeper story. Um, but I think this one, you know, from what you're saying, like I do, I feel like it's stay true to what the tone was and that's that's what's so important about this absolutely and and another you know to rob reiner's credit the things he chose to show us and the things he chose not to i mean those were really good decisions because there's a lot of things like i keep saying it the like you know all the stuff with an ego i mean i would have loved to see that in the movie an ego is a great character he's a lot of fun but in the book, you just get a lot more of him and you and you learn more about him. But like, quite frankly, we don't really need it. And the yeah. movie is still great. His character is still great. And what they've given us on screen is just as good as the book. We just get less of it. And that's not yeah. necessarily a bad thing. If you want that, that if you want that much more Inigo, go get the book. It's great. <laughs> you know, it's an easy mm -hmm. read. It's fun. So mm -hmm. um, kudos to Rob Reiner, the guy, the guy, as we're learning, can. He can put together a movie. <laughs> <laughs> totally. So I, I wanted to shed briefly um, some light on uh, a topic uh, that doesn't get brought up very often. Uh, you can't even you can't even rent or buy this movie at the moment <laughs> anywhere. And that's the uh, the very unpopular sequel to Princess Bride, which is also a sequel to Deadpool in a way. And it's called oh, yeah. Once Upon a Deadpool. I forgot about that. 
Why am I here? You're in a PG-13 version of Deadpool. Filtered through the prism of childlike innocence. I'm a grown man. And nobody man. does childlike innocence like you, Fred. Nobody. I need you almost as much as you need me. I don't need you at all. You need me to untie you once we're done. And uh, it is the PG-13 version of Deadpool 2, but it essentially has Fred Savage reprise his role <laughs> as Deadpool take the part as Grandpa and instead of Princess Bride, he tells the story of Deadpool 2. Okay. Um, but anyway, we're, we're talking about uh, this is this is where I get sort of on a soapbox as well. Um, and I, I don't dislike the Deadpool movies at all. I had a lot of fun with them. But when Once Upon a Deadpool came out, and this might be the only time I have an opportunity to talk about this. So um, I was thrilled because Deadpool is so funny and also such a cool character. This is the only movie that I could watch with my son, Tommy. Oh, and uh, and it was just like a, a total blast. And it, like, in a way, it ruined Deadpool for me <laughs> because I can't watch the others with him and, yet. And yeah. uh, I I uh, I have since watched a video by Patrick Willems. He's on YouTube. Um, you, you've heard of him. Um, Patrick, oh, you'll see this. I haven't even us. heard of this movie, so I have nothing to contribute to this. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, he did a, he did a video on R-rated superhero movies, and I didn't know that I didn't like them for those reasons until I watched his video. So maybe it's more propaganda for me. But uh, um, essentially, I'm a big fan of the superhero movie that you can watch with your kids. Um, no surprise there. But Deadpool was a ton of fun. I loved what they did. To make it PG-13, bringing in the Princess Bride um, idea. I thought it was creative. Mm. Um, but yeah, I don't know when I'm going to be able to talk about that again. <laughs> Love it. And anyway. Oh, you can't ahead. even talk to me about it right now because I'm like, <laughs> I don't know any of this stuff. I mean, it is, a, it is a funny idea for sure. It's and literally Deadpool 2, but they take <laughs> out the gore, the F-bombs, okay. and they put in small cutscenes of uh, Deadpool with Fred Savage okay. <laughs> bonded to a Yeah, I'm, look, I'm looking at uh, awesome. looking at some some photos here. I like uh, in these uh, images I'm seeing on Google search, the room that Fred Savage is in has the same bag of Cheetos. It looks it looks the same little boy's room and Ashley made a comment about it in the in the chat. comes up. Very well done little boy's room in a movie, and it looks mm -hmm. just like it. So they, you know, they did a good job with the Deadpool. They did their homework. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Which doesn't surprise me. I mean, that's like Deadpool's whole thing, right? Is like skewering pop culture to a degree. Right. So uh, it doesn't surprise me that they would have done that, but it is a nice Well, and if you say through the credits of the uh, Blade episode, they do the Ferris Bueller, you know, send off. Mm -hmm. You know, oh, you're still here? You know, they, they do all that too. So very big on the you know given nods to old pop culture so. for sure um so moving along <laughs> <laughs> uh so princess bride is a classic it, it has a tone it has a vibe um and we had talked about some other like sword fighting movies some other like castle like medieval movies during the watch party, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, could be a good pairing. Um, I don't know, but I just want, I was interested to hear uh, Tyler, what, if you were to sit down with princess bride and do a double feature, what would you match with it? What would you pair with it? 
It's a great question. And it was super fun to figure it out because when I saw your prompt, I, I had a movie in mind immediately. I knew there was a movie that was like this it to a degree with like, you know, it's, it's comes from a book. We, we get it from the character perspective of a character reading a book and then going into the, the fantasy of, of the, of the tale being unfolded. But I couldn't remember what it was. Uh, I knew I'd know. I knew that I would know it when I saw it. So I was looking around the internet, and as soon as I saw it, it hit me instantly. And it's the never-ending story. And I feel like the reason I thought you were going to say Page Master with Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't seen it, but had I seen it, I, that probably would have been my pick. Then you typically know best. Um, but you know, t- to me, the never-ending story is sort of like the other side of the coin to the Princess Bride because. You know, it is, it's a fantasy tale, it's an adventure tale, we get cool magic, we get uh, fantastic creatures, and, uh, you know, in, in The Princess Bride, they have, we have, like, funny, memorable names, but in, uh, you know, with, like, Inigo and Fezzik and mm-hmm. Prince Humperdinck and Buttercup, all this stuff. And then in uh, The NeverEnding Story, we get, like, Atreyu and Falcor and all these really cool-sounding uh, fantasy names. But there's, you know, it's, 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 I think I, I think I fell in love with these movies around the same time. So for me, I think it'd be really cool, like at a drive-in or something, if they did, you know, the the first showing is Princess Bride. And then once the, the, the sun goes down, it's a little bit darker out. Then we get, you know, the never ending story, which has some tragedy to it. And it's not as, Hmm. it's nowhere near as happy. It's much darker. And it is to me, it's just the other side of um, the princess bride's coin. And I think that's, a, I think that's a cool pairing. And it's the thing that uh, came to mind instantly. And, you know, I don't know if you guys, I don't know how much I want to say about the never ending story uh, because frankly, I haven't seen it in a long time and I don't really remember that much about it, <laughs> but I am curious what your, what you guys would have picked to pair with uh, the princess bride. Uh, and I guess I'll throw to Ben since you're hosting that. <laughs> um i think for me the first thing i thought of like we actually talked about in the chat uh and it was monty python and the holy grail mm. old woman man ma'am sorry what knight lives in that castle over there i'm 37 what i'm 37 i'm not old well i can't just call you ma'am you could say dennis i didn't know you were called dennis well you didn't bother to find out did you and it was very much just like the castle comedy like this is what i want to watch you know oh. um i had like such an itch to watch that afterwards because i, I don't know like kind of some similar humor there it's like the grown-up and, version <laughs> yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah like we we kind of get rid of the any sort of kid stuff um as well as like the romance just like it's really focused more on, on the comedy here but it's also the absurd kind of comedy uh and if you're unfamiliar with monty python if you haven't seen holy grail just turn this off and just go watch that and then come back because like, no, 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 I, I, maybe wait, don't come back. Wait don't till we back. release the life of Brian episode. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, that's right. talking about life of Brian, which I'm very excited about because we have differing <laughs> opinions here on this podcast. Or no, wait, meaning of life, right? Not life. Of oh yeah. Meaning of life. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Yeah. I do recommend life of Brian. That one's super. If you're going to turn off a podcast to watch Monty Python, wait till we're talking about Monty Python. There you yes. go. Yeah. But uh Holy Grail sure. is great. That's another one. Honestly, I think I saw those around the same time. Like I still lived in California when I saw Monty Python and it was something at the beginning just like I didn't understand what was happening. It's like 
like I was running towards the castle, but now he's further back, but he's still <laughs> running. Like I didn't get the comedy at that time. I was like, well, that doesn't make sense. You know, like, <laughs> I, I wasn't thinking of these words. I'm like, well, that's not linear. Like what's going on? Like they just jump back to the other thing, you know, but th- there are those moments just like, I, I remember just like losing it when he's like chopping off his arms, like come back and fight, you know, like, so there's so much humor there. And it was just for me, the natural segue after uh princess bride just like if, if you're still in the mood for kind of that medieval time and in, in a comedy like holy grail would be the way to go for me not a bad pick both of those are great pairings um so ben went with a more grown-up <laughs> pick afterwards ben i stayed silly go... and i ruined the party with a I, <laughs> not at all depressed everyone love never ending story <laughs> no never ending story would be a great pick that'd be awesome um but I, I'm going to take it back down to a, to more of a kid level. This was also mentioned in the chat. Um, if you like stories about um, the, you know, the hero coming in and saving the woman from marrying someone that she shouldn't be marrying, you got to go Shrek. You got to oh, yeah. pair this baby with Shrek. Well, and, uh, yeah. And it was talked to, I think Ashley brought it up and I think we were all thinking it <clears throat> like Shrek pulled quite a bit from the princess bride. If it, if, it, or at least it appears to have done so. <laughs> yeah, Lord oh, yeah. Farquaad. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That whole that whole arc is seemingly just plucked right from Princess Bride. And if um, you haven't seen Shrek, that movie has no business being that good. But it is <laughs> it is so good. Like it's like a kids movie, whatever. But like it is, it's better than you're expecting it to be. Yeah, I, I can say confidently. Like it is so. It's so funny. I mean, it doesn't hurt that it was originally supposed to be for, you know, Chris Farley. Nothing like a fire and a noble romantic mission to warm the cockles of your heart. Yeah. I like my cockles room temperature, thank you very much. Hey, if you're not doing this for cockle warming, why are you doing it? Simple. Fartwad gets his princess. I get what I want. But Mike Myers, you know, took over. And I just think it's it's hilarious. It's a great cast. We have is it Cameron Diaz and John yeah. Lithgow. Like mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a solid voice cast. Eddie Murphy, mm-hmm. so good. Yeah, if you haven't seen it, because you think it's like a kids movie, I, yeah, that's a that's a top recommend. I believe. I wonder what I mean, percentage it, of people listening to this have not seen Shrek. Let us know in the comments if you haven't seen Shrek. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it just it, to me that feels like something that everyone's seen. It's always on TV. I mean, I know people don't have cable anymore. I think I'm the odd man out. I pay for mm-hmm. cable. We're gonna do a poll. What do we post yeah. this? We'll do an Insta poll. We'll yeah, say, "Who's yeah. seen Shrek? Check out yeah. this episode." <laughs> There's there, we talk about Shrek for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Literally one minute. <laughs> <laughs> one minute. Yeah. Well, I guess we cut Matt off. Maybe he has more to say about it. Check out oh, yeah, the episode sorry. and you'll hear us talk about Shrek. For, <laughs> wait, to, wait to hear what we see, what we say about Shrek. You'll hear us talk about how we're going to tell you that we talked about Shrek. <laughs> so meta right now. Yeah. That's really all we have to say about it. So Fair enough. Um, thanks for listening and voting. If you, if you voted, thank you for voting. Um, I think one of the things that, uh, was kind of interesting to think about as we watched this was, you know, seeing Andre the giant Mm -hmm. and the role that he played in it, which he absolutely killed it. Mm -hmm. And it made me just think about all the wrestlers that we've enjoyed over the years or not enjoyed. Um, Yeah. Triple H. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I coughed. No. Yeah. Sorry. It sounds when I cough, it sounds like I'm saying triple H. (laughs) It's weird. It's just, it's my asthma. Yeah. Yeah. I had a, 
Triple H and Blade Trinity um, was not great. No. But Andre the Giant did a wonderful job in this. And I, I couldn't help but just think about what he, the, the, the road he paved for future people in that industry to come into film, crossover, and kind of, you know, excel at that. And so yeah. I wanted to uh, call in our WWE expert, Ben, <laughs> to talk about the, uh, a brief history of wrestlers in cinema and maybe. You know, talk about maybe a few movies that maybe it worked, maybe Gosh, something that didn't. We, we should know. have we should have brought in friend of the podcast, Jeffrey Noodle Knudsen. Oh man, now Noodle I'm, killed it. <laughs> now I'm mad we didn't do that, but he is he is my resident WWE expert. Ben and I went to WrestleMania oh, with my, him. Yeah. Anyways, we, we need to normalize calling in people, like yeah, yes. telling people like, hey, we're gonna call you at this time. I mean, if we want to try it, I bet we could. Well, he's at work. Never mind. We can't get him on the line. That'd be uh, hilarious. I will say, though, about that WrestleMania, that like is legitimately in the last 10 years, one of the most like happiest moments of my life. Like, yeah. <laughs> it was insane. Cause, like, I, I grew up more like a WCW person. And this is the one where like Sting is there. And was he fighting Triple H? Was that the match? Honestly, I don't remember. I, just I remember think it was, but then like the NWO guys come in, like Hulk Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and I'm just like, <laughs> what a 12 year old Ben is just like, holy shit, yeah. what's going on right now? I was like, <laughs> was I awesome. was freaking out. It was like one of the, like, the greatest moments. It was ever. in San Francisco. So, like, yeah. that's when 12 year old Ben lived in San Francisco. Oh my God. You know? <laughs> it was so good. I was just like, <laughs> I can't awesome. believe this is happening. This is amazing. Yeah, that was super cool. Um, but after that really awkward moment of The Rock trying to get. Everyone to like Ronda Rousey. <laughs> like, a little weird, but, as well, but they got bills to um, pay, man. Yeah, true. Do we got to do? <laughs> they got to find the next sure, star. <laughs> yeah, and I'm sure we'll be talking about The Rock shortly. But um, one thing I did want to say about this movie before going into the the uh, the wrestlers in film is my favorite piece of trivia out of this was about Andre the Giant, and I'm just going to read it verbatim here. But it says, when asked what his favorite thing about making this film was, Andre the Giant replied without skipping a beat. Nobody looks at me. He felt treated as an equal without people staring at him because of his grand height. And I just think it's so, that's so rad. And like, it, it's when you know who was like behind the camera and who was in front of the camera, you just can't help but think about like good things about these people like Mandy Patinkin and Robin Wright and Carl Reiner. Like none of them are there to like make a character of him. They're not there to make fun mm -hmm. of him or anything like that. You know, it's just like, and I don't know, to feel that way afterwards, it's like, no, everyone's just treating me as an equal. I'm like, that's super cool. And I think that that just like really reflects in the movie. Yeah. Like he, he's not there to be like made fun of or anything like that. So, yeah. When I told my coworkers we were uh, going to be doing the Princess Bride, none of whom showed up. So, I mean, I know they're not listening, so I can't even give them shit. But, anyways, <laughs> my boss uh, brought up a book that um, Carrie, El is it Elwes? El Elwes? Carrie Elwes. Yeah. Elwes. I think so, yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Carrie Elwes, I guess, wrote a book about his experience making this movie. And the gist I got from my boss, he was just like, basically, it was about as fun and as magical as you're thinking. And I guess just everyone just had a blast on set. And so it, it's, it's great to hear that confirmed from uh, our boy Andre. Cause I mean, yeah. I'm sure you guys have seen the doc on HBO, but the guy had a tough go oh, for, his, mm -hmm. for his, for uh, his, you know, iconic and as um, larger than life, <laughs> for lack of a better yeah. term, as he is. You know, the guy uh, had a tough go of it, and uh, so it's nice to hear that he, you know, he found a place where he felt comfortable. It's cool. 
for sure. Um, I mean, diving into the the wrestlers, I, I didn't really like look into the history. I'm sure you know wrestlers have been doing stuff. They've been performers the whole time, you know. So I'm sure mm-hmm. there was crossover before. I was just taking it my own personal experience, and I remember seeing stuff like Hulk Hogan in mm-hmm. Suburban Commando and some of these like probably like straight to VHS movies <laughs> at that point, you know, where it's just like, yeah. um, it's, it's in the contract or like you said, it's trying to get the paycheck. And that's, I think it's kind of continued now with the WWE. I think some of those early, like John Cena movies and stuff, where it's just like, I don't know. It's a guy with a gun going after people. We're just going to make this and send it to DVD. You know, mm-hmm. I think that <laughs> that's also there as well, but I do think we've also had some really bright spots come out of wrestling. I feel like you'd be hard pressed to say that anybody's been bigger than the rock. Yeah. I mean, like everything that he's done, I mean, starting out, I mean, he was doing that same kind of stuff too, with that remake of walking tall, like Mm -hmm. kind of just the, Oh, I beat up guys and I saved the day, but (laughs) he turned into like, he was the best part of the, he saved the fast and furious franchise. Like he was so good in there, like busting out of that cast. Like you bring the rock in, you know, and he, he's so, he's so good. He's also great Moana. Like he's great yeah. with these like family movies as well. So I think, Jumanji. Down, yeah, yes, exactly. Those Jumanji's, they're so good. And I also liked just his little cameo. And he was, I think one of the producers behind it, with that fighting with my family that we talked about with the sports movies. And mm. he, yeah, I think he's just been the, the brightest star to come mm-hmm. out of WWF without a doubt. Um, there have been other movies, like one of my personal favorites that I talked about is They Live with Roddy Roddy Piper. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. I think it's kind of a one-off. I know he showed up in like, It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia a little bit, which is pretty <laughs> cool too. But uh, that's one of my favorite wrestler movies. And then I think it's a favorite here on the pod, but we talked about it before, but Drax, you know, get Dave Bautista. Like he's really kind of like I, I didn't know what to expect with him yeah, when mm-hmm. I heard he was in Guardians because, like, man, I don't know that guy's really known for his personality. Yeah, but they played into that perfectly with Drax. Oh you know? man, like, I have a plan. I have a plan. Cease your yammering and relieve us from this arts and confinement. Yeah, I'll have to agree with the walking thesaurus on that one. Do not ever call me a thesaurus. It's just a metaphor, dude. His people are completely literal. Metaphors are going to go over his head. Nothing goes over my head. My reflexes are too fast. I would catch it. I'm going to die surrounded by the biggest idiots in the galaxy. He's like, I don't know that we've had a better straight man in the last, like, five years. Like, he was, he is so good in that role. He's, he's perfectly cast for that. So, I don't know. For me, those are, like, my top three. I like seeing Kevin Nash every once in a while. Like, I know he's in, like, magic mike and some like john wick he was in so that was kind of cool to see him in there um i haven't seen it but i, I believe he's in longest yard is that right you guys have seen that i know uh stone cold is okay and, yeah um gosh there's another one in there i'm going through a list right now which is why i wasn't paying attention to you my apologies <laughs> um good. there's a couple wrestlers in that yeah. um but yeah kevin nash apparently was in uh magic mike mm-hmm. um yeah you know it, it, the whole wrestlers to movies thing, you know, you said it, they, they are performers, right? A wrestler, a wrestler is a performer and you can't be a good wrestler without being a good performer. Yeah. But I feel like in order to make that jump, <clears throat> despite the fact that you have to be a good performer, like to make the jump into movies, like you have a pretty big hurdle to jump because mm-hmm. most of the general public doesn't take you seriously. And so it takes mm-hmm. like, 
an incredible amount of talent to be able to do it and to do it well, which is why I don't think we see a lot of people that do it. Um, And also I think, you know, you mentioned like John Cena coming and making movies, just a guy with a gun, just as a cash grab. I think people make the mistake of, Oh, they're big. They should always be action stars. But you know, we, we recently, Alex and I watched Trainwreck over the weekend Mm. and he's so So funny in that he's perfect. It's like the perfect use of, of, of a guy like that you know what i mean mm-hmm. like listen you always do this to me you you show up to these places you put me in a situation i'm a big guy everybody wants to fight the yeah big guy. you are hey uh mark Wahlberg, shut your bitch up mark, mark Wahlberg, me who else looks like mark Wahlberg? your girl mark Wahlberg's like 150 pounds i'm 250 lean i look like mark Wahlberg. ate mark Wahlberg. he does they they don't have to just be these action stars like these are these are guys. They're these are like true performers, and they're they're really funny people. And his you know? outtakes are hilarious. Well, and like wrestling <laughs> is a lot. A lot of wrestling is mm-hmm. improv, right? So these guys, they're quick. They're they're funny, and like they're they do have talent. So it's you know I think they yeah. just get pigeonholed into because they're so big that they have to be these you know Adonis action stars, but they really yeah. don't. Well, just to like hit a little more on John Cena, if you haven't seen either uh blockers or bumblebee he's in both of those and both of those are really good movies those are things i went into with like low expectations Hmm. but bumblebee i think is arguably the best transformers movie that they've had like it is is so good i I, I love it um i believe it's Haley seinfeld who's also in it the lead he plays you know kind of the bad guy trying to get bumblebee um and blockers i don't know if you guys have seen that or not but that one is another one that just it didn't have any business being that good. It's super <laughs> funny. It's like, I think it's high, like seniors going off on to prom and the parents are just worried. That they're like going to have sex and do stuff. So they're like trying to, I mean, I think the original <laughs> title was cock blockers, but they stopped. They couldn't allow that. So it's just called blockers, but like yeah. that one's super funny. And also it's going to be in the new suicide squad. Mm-hmm. And the fact is like, they've already like greenlit a, series based on his character peacemaker and i was like oh, oh, right. oh wow they're not gonna do that if he's not good you know they right. saw something on set and they're like cool john cena can carry this so there's gonna be a peacemaker series that james gunn is helping huh. produce so it's like that again awesome. something else like cool yeah this is this has got to be good they're not gonna throw the money at something that is like oh we'll, we'll try it out it's like no this is this is gonna work i think hmm. they i believe they ordered it to series so it's like it's just being made they're not doing a test pilot or anything so yeah, some of these guys really like carry their weight on and off like the the squared circle, so to speak. You know, for sure. Yeah, I'll need to check out Bumblebee. I haven't seen a. Hey. Okay, I thought Ashley wasn't here. What's going on? What's happening? <laughs> that one took All me. Right. MVP but, just yeah. lingers. She's just here. I love it. <laughs> um, my favorite uh, wrestler cameo has got to go in Waterboy. When Bobby Boucher calls into the show to talk to Captain Insano, played by the big show. (laughs) So good. (laughs) So good. Anyway, I still like seeing big show cry laugh in that scene makes me cry laugh. How does that? Mm. I don't even know how that's possible, but it's it's hilarious. Um, But yeah, um, I guess moving on to uh, the next bit on here, uh, we talk about Rob Reiner and how well he adapted this movie. Um, and we went through his IMDb and he's, he just has, he has an incredible run, especially in the eighties. Oh, um, 
of just he's he's just done some incredible work. Uh, there's there's a really good chance that you've seen if you're not familiar with Rob Reiner, there's a really good chance that you've seen one of his movies without knowing it. Um, chances are you really liked it because he's just really good <laughs> at yeah. what he does. Um, so this next segment uh, is it touches on sort of like what what movie on his filmography would you recommend or if there's one that you haven't seen, what are you most interested in? So I guess we'll, we'll go with Ben. Uh, what what movie are you recommending tonight? Uh, mine is like it's it's not one that anyone's probably unfamiliar with, but I think the fact that it's a Rob Reiner movie is surprising. And that is this is Spinal Tap. Most most blokes, you know, be playing at ten. You're on ten here, all the way up, all the way up, yeah. all the way up. You're on ten on your guitar. Where mm. can you go from there? Where? I don't know. Nowhere. Exactly. What we do is, if we need that extra push over the cliff, you know what we do? Uh, put it up to eleven. Eleven. Exactly. One louder. Why don't you just make ten louder and make ten be the top number and make that a little louder? These go to eleven. Um, there's so much of like the regular Chris Guest players in that, obviously including Christopher Guest himself, who's also in Princess Bride, which I forgot. That was yeah. cool to see him. Yeah. I like, oh yeah, I forgot Chris Guest is in this. <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you've seen like Waiting for Guffman or Best in Show or any of these Christopher Guest movies, it has all these people. But this first one was directed by Rob Reiner, and I think there's just that a little bit of a different touch of the mockumentary where where we see Rob Reiner in it. You know, we see his touch in it. And it's just, it's a, I love it. It's a great movie. Um, you, if you haven't seen it, I highly recommend it. I think I just wanted to highlight the fact that he can handle like this kind of comedy as well. Just almost like straight uh, mockumentary kind of comedies. Like the guy can handle whatever. He has so many good movies that we can kind of talk about once we've all made our recommendations. But for, sure. uh, for me, if I had to like, if I'm going to desert Island, I'm probably taking spinal tap, but um, mm-hmm. there's, there's a couple that I, I'd, I'd fight with as well. So, yeah, Spinal Tap is is pretty much like mandatory viewing, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, like along the same lines of the Princess Bride. Like, there's so many iconic lines and and scenes and tropes and characters from yeah. Spinal Tap. I mean, the, it goes to eleven thing. You see that everywhere, and and even if you don't know this from Spinal Tap, you you know that. I, I would assume you know that. Uh, Mm-hmm. that that joke or that reference it's, it's that one of the loading screens on like guitar hero was like this goes to 11 yeah, I think so. like it's just an, yeah everyone everyone's got to know that for sure um yeah like you said going through his imdb was uh eye-opening um and i put on our little document that we share uh for this prompt that i was going to choose uh stand by me for this which you know, I suppose I could, and it's another great adaptation of a book. But um, actually, what I think I'm going to choose for this segment is A Few Good Men, because I've nice. never seen it, which means I don't have anything to say about it. But it's one of those ones that I've heard a million things about, and I know that there's uh, classic, iconic scenes. It's written by Aaron Sorkin. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers! I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! It's got a, it's got a killer, killer cast, and you know Chris Guest is in it. Like you know he, he shows up <laughs> in here, um, and it's just one of those ones that's sort of like along the lines of Spinal Tap. It, it to me, it seems like it's one of those must see movies, and mm-hmm. uh, it fits the spirit of this podcast oh so well in that it's something I need to see, and uh, maybe we'll find a way to work it in there. But yeah, I think 
for me, I w- I w- I'll pick a few good men for my what's next, Rob Reiner. Have you seen that, Matt? No, I haven't. When you mentioned it, I I now want to see it as well. That that would go on mine as well. But since Tyler took it, uh, <laughs> no, I had picked it in the wrong. I think I put it on my Jack Rushmore Mountain. He is so good in that, and possibly yeah. Tom Cruise too. Like they they go toe to toe. Like they are both so good in that movie. Uh, Demi Moore's amazing there's one scene that always sticks in my head when they're trying to like crack the case and tom cruise just walking around with a bat in his apartment but for some reason that imagery just sticks in my head because it's just like man it, it is so good yeah if there's a way that we can work that in to watch that i, I would and this is the uh, watch that. this is the you can't handle the truth movie right yeah yeah Again, exactly like a classic scene like everyone knows that mm-hmm. scene like rob reiner where i'm learning has like he, he he owns the iconic <laughs> line, iconic scene category. Yeah, he dude. really does. It's and pretty I, crazy. I, like one of the, my favorite things of trivia about that movie is that Jack Nicholson stayed on set even when he wasn't on camera to do his lines. Hmm. You know, a lot of times they'll just have someone read it out, whatever, because like the big actor is going to go to their trailer. But he stayed on set and like with that same energy the entire time, which is just kind of unheard of. But I think that just kind of speaks to how well the movie works. You know how good it is. Um, Speaks I mean, to how good his cocaine was. He had to stay exactly. the alpha. He <laughs> yeah. had to stay the alpha. <laughs> he had to do it. I think um, I'm I'm sticking with the recommendation of Spinal Tap, but I also feel like I want to throw one out that I haven't seen that I feel like I should have since we're we're all kind of doing like what we should see. And mine would be Misery mm. because I think that's yeah. a super classic movie, and I've just never gotten around to watching it. I, um, for whatever reason, have seen that movie. That's like, really? the, That's this awesome. like a first for this pod where I've seen something you haven't. <laughs> so, I mean, like, James Conn and Kathy Bates, like, and it's a Stephen King novel, right? It's based off of a Stephen King yeah. novel, I believe. Yeah. I don't know. So, if I was to do this correctly and do what we what we haven't seen, my vote would have been for Misery, but I still recommend uh, Spinal Tap to anybody that possibly hasn't seen that. That's awesome. Um, yeah, it, it sounds like we have some Rob Reiner work to do here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which is, I think it's a good problem to have. Um, I I was going through his, his IMDb and I was like seeing like movie after movie. Where I'm like, oh man, he did this, he did this, he did this. And I saw North and I thought that like, I even thought in my head, I'm like, oh, he did North? Like I had seen it before. Mm. But I clicked into it and I realized immediately that I hadn't. <laughs> and then I, 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 I see this kid and the kid looks familiar. I'm like, oh, what is this? And then I read like, it's essentially about a kid who doesn't want his parents anymore. So he goes like on a world journey to look for new parents. Okay. Sweet. So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. And that kid is Elijah Wood. So I was like, Oh, let's check I this like out. It. So my watch list item from Rob Reiner would be North. Nice. Yeah. Jason Alexander and Julia Louis Dreyfus. That's fun. Yeah. You, you know, you don't, I always like when I Seinfeld see them outside Reed. of sound Seinfeld. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rob Reiner, you know, check his workout. Uh, and I, I always look for an opportunity to plug his cameo in Mixed Nuts. You can go yeah. for a Mixed Nuts episode. Yes, yeah, it's the doctor there. <laughs> yeah. and I don't know how we haven't brought it up, but also could have won this rom-com with When Harry Met Sally. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. That was my number one pick on the rom-com draft. Like That's when I would debate between like Spinal Tap because like they're both just absolute mm-hmm. classics in my mind. So, yeah, it's just like that run that they talked about like in the late 80s, early 90s. Like, man, he was just batting a thousand there. Yeah, and really great stuff. He's he's great in New Girl. <laughs> Which, by the way, you brought it up in the chat, and literally outside, right there in our front room, I think we're on like 
episode 20 of season two because we've <laughs> nice. been watching it since then. Yeah. It's like, yeah, we got to get into it. I haven't watched New Girl forever. So it's one of my, it's one of my go to feel good. It's one of the reasons we started this podcast. It's one of the things I was just rewatching a million times. Yeah. But you can see that easily. To, to listen to, or to, to read more on Tyler's uh, Princess Bride <laughs> New Girl <laughs> crossover canon, check out his blog. Yeah. No, don't be surprised when I go crazy and this turns into my life and I have like some crazy <laughs> blog on the internet. Sign up for our Patreon newsletter from Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> more ways than Nick Miller connects to Princess yeah. Bride. Like Charlie Day and it's always sunny. Oh, that's gonna Here's be how it all connects. <laughs> it's it's so clear to me in my head. Like I know I say it like a joke, but you can't convince me otherwise. I know there's I nothing else out there, but it just makes too much sense to me. I love it. I think it's great. He's he's a small child that's afraid of his feelings, and Nick is a grown child that's afraid of his feelings and Chicago. Oh, I, wanna, Chicago I, I want you to turn it into like conspiracy theory stuff. Like if you notice the Cheeto bag in the bedroom, <laughs> it's the same Cheeto bag in episode thirty-five. Yeah. yeah. Oh man. Um. <laughs> no, but this this it was great to watch Princess Bride. It mm-hmm. even though it wasn't an expected for at least for Ben and I uh, that it won. It was a very welcome movie to have a watch party over. We knew that um, there'd be great conversation. There absolutely was. It's always a blast to. To interact that way, um, to have the outlet with the community, uh, to bond, to have the movie club around. Um, so it, seriously, next time, join us on the watch party. Um, put put your money where your mouth is. If you're if you're voting for a movie, <laughs> you should. I mean, you should be showing up to the watch party. That should be the the trade off here. And um, furthermore, if the reason you're not showing up is because the times or the dates don't work out for you, uh, we are available on DM on comments emails let us know man like if if the watch parties don't work out for we can find a way to make it work for more people we're happy to do so Mm -hmm. uh we've just chosen the time and day or the time and days that we do it because we want to create some sort of like rhythm to it and something to expect but let us know man if it doesn't work like we're we're all ears we're we're trying to make this work for everyone uh we want to be able to engage and interact with and and you know watch these movies with as many people as possible so yeah. You know, just let it let us know. Holler at your boy. Yeah. And next month I'm super excited about it. We are doing the MCU March. Yeah. So the watch party will be whatever MCU movie wins, which I, I'm super excited about. I think we're gonna do another tournament giveaway like we did before with the sports. So we'll uh TBD on what the prizes will be for that, but I think that'll be some fun incentive, hopefully, for people to get involved. And you know, looking further down the road, we wanna talk to some people about star Wars. So if you are interested in that, please DM us and let us know. We'd love to, to chat with you for a little bit about that. Um, yeah, for I think a future episode coming up. I think we're talking about doing sort of a, uh, we'd like to have a multiple guests on, right? Like I, I yeah. think it'd be cool to have a bunch of different people pop in and we can talk about certain things with them for, you know, five or 10 minutes. I think that'd be super cool. So yeah, like Ben said, if you're interested, if, if star Wars is your thing, um, let us know because it's something that uh, hasn't always been my thing, but it is Ben and Matt's thing, and it's slowly becoming one of mine as well. <laughs> be really cool to share that with more people. It's it's fun to uh, it's always fun when you can start to experience something for the first time. You know, like, yeah, mm-hmm. I've seen Star Wars and stuff, but now the fact that I'm actually becoming to appreciate it, and it's like starting to feel the same way I feel about like you know the Lord of the Rings or whatever. It's pretty cool, and I'd love to talk to more people about it. So yeah, let us know for sure. 
How many yeah. times have I said let us know in the past two minutes? Not enough. <laughs> if they're not DMing us, we're not saying it enough. <laughs> Count how many times I said let us know and then let, let, let us, us know. know how many times you said let us know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so we also, we love doing this podcast. It would help us a ton. Um, we have some great options on our Patreon if you want to become a patron. It helps mm-hmm. support us and we try to we try to make it as as uh, as valuable as possible for you as well. We try to give you give you value, but we love doing this. We want to keep doing it. It would help us a ton um, to join Patreon and become a patron. Yeah. Uh, but all, as always, follow on YouTube, Instagram, check out our shop. We've got some cool stuff there. Um, you know, if you just want to have some neat stuff around the house or something on your desk at work, you know, lo- lots of great stuff. Something else that's been fun is the review for a review that we've got yeah, going on. I like that. Matt did one. I've got one that I'm going to be doing shortly where if you want to tell us a movie to watch and review on our Instagram, whether like IGTV, Insta Stories, whatever, if you will review us on Apple Podcasts, we will watch any movie that you want. And one of us, at least one of us, will do a review on it and put it on our stories. Um, honestly, like getting reviews and subscribers on Apple Podcasts for some reason. That's just the best way for people to find out about us with the, the way the algorithms are set up. So that would be a huge favor to us. And mm-hmm. in return, we want to like just talk about a movie that you like or just one that you want to like make us watch <laughs> like a not good movie. If you want us to make us talk about it, we'll do that, too. So that'd be that'd be super helpful. They'll do that. I won't do that. I'm, <laughs> I'm just kidding. If it's a scary movie, I might balk at it, but. <laughs> what i saw of it was really good <laughs> the cover looks real scary <laughs> cool well thanks for joining us uh we'll catch you next time see, see you guys